Welcome to Extension Out Loud, a podcast from Cornell Cooperative Extension. I'm Paul Treadwell. And I'm Katie Bailden. So my name is Mary Lynn Collins, and I am the Dairy and Livestock Educator here with Oneida County Cooperative Extension. How long have you been with Cooperative Extension? Oh, gosh, Paul, I am now in my 10th year in this position yeah. in Oneida County Extension. So in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a lifer by any means, but uh, c- coming up uh, with my list of experiences, that's for sure. Cool. So tell us about your podcast. What what do you guys cover and how does it work? So the podcast I developed is called I Farm Oneida. And typically this time of year, I'm working with my coworker and agronomist, Jeff Miller, out of our office to cover uh, seasonal cropping Um, happenings in our county, specifically as farmers look to get their first cutting in of hay. Uh, We cover the weekly reports on how that hay is progressing in the county and hoping to summarize the results of hay clippings to report back to farmers on when is it go time to uh, reach that optimal nutrient quality in that first cutting grass, Uh, as well as we cover um, soil conditions and temperatures for planting of corn, all on a weekly basis. These podcasts roll out beginning end of April. Uh, we went right through here to May. And we're near to record the podcast into June. We'll track pest concerns and growing conditions with corn and any um, impending problems we see coming down the pipe. So uh, our goal with this podcast approach was to reach our listening audience, our farming audience specifically, in a more timely fashion that we found we couldn't do uh, with a newsletter, uh, with group email blasts, or certainly with our in-person programming efforts uh, and meeting formats. So Marilyn, you, you've mentioned you've been around for 10 years now. Have you noticed any changes seasonally over the past decade? Um, as far as like when farmers are out getting their first cutting, things like that? Well, Paul, it's definitely uh, weather dependent. Uh, looking back to spring of 2019 was a very wet spring. Uh, so first cuttings were delayed a great deal. Um, but we seem to have bounced back uh, here in 2020. We've had an ideal spring, which has resulted in some of our local farms being already done with uh, harvesting first cutting um, and setting the stage for a, a productive and successful second cutting thereafter. So, yeah, so over the course of the past 10 years, we see variability with weather and, and springs. And, of course, sometimes our spring cropping plans are somewhat determined by what happened the previous fall and what those weather conditions were as well. A lot of different factors tying into that. How can folks in Oneida County get in touch with you? Each week when we record and I then edit the podcast, we share links to the podcast in several different ways. One main way is through our uh, CCE Oneida County Agriculture group page on Facebook. So I'll share the link uh, directly uh, with our audience members there. In addition to that, again, my coworker Jeff has an email blast that he shares an online format of his cropping report to his audience members, and within that report is also a link to the podcast. So currently our podcast can be found on both SoundCloud as well as Spotify. Interested 
individuals can just type in the search box on these platforms, iPharmonida, and all the different sessions pop up. Uh, most of your listeners are likely in Oneida County, is that right? I'd say that's a safe bet, Katie, yes. Yep. Yeah. And would folks from other counties or other parts of the state find relevant info in your podcasts as well? They would find relevance with our weekly cropping reports. You know, it is geared towards our local listeners, but as far as pest conditions, we're experiencing pests in our cornfields here. It's likely that farmers, perhaps in Western New York, have experienced similar pests, maybe at different levels or different thresholds. So that, that would still be relevant. But other topics that I'm covering in past podcasts, uh, for example, Katie was the sexual harassment prevention policies that are now required by all farms. So topics like that are relevant all across New York State. And just recently, I recorded one with our local farm service agency office addressing these CFAP funds. This is a direct payment funding coming down from the coronavirus food assistance program that will affect our dairy farmers, livestock, and commodity grain crop growers. So again, all relevant to all parts of New York and for many different production practices. As I've developed these and and try to pick topics, I am trying to branch out further uh, so that we are not only targeting our local audience, but trying to hit topics that could go beyond our county borders and help everyone. So, And can you uh, share a little bit about the episode that we're featuring today on the public market kickoff? Sure, I'd be happy to. So as you both know, since March, we've all been dealing with this COVID-19 situation. And as spring has evolved and several areas are gearing up for their farmer's market uh, season, I worked with another coworker, Beth Irons, who is the market manager And we came up with this podcast to help inform consumers as well as the market vendors themselves on what they could anticipate for changes in the 2020 market, how that was going to unroll as far as social distancing concerns and safety measures. So just trying to get that word out ahead of time that, you know, the market was going to happen, but that people needed to come prepared and expect some changes. I think my last question for you, uh, Mary Lynn, is you mentioned that you're going to be putting out episodes through June. Is there anything else that folks can expect after the end of June? Undetermined at this time, as far as the summer months, a lot will depend upon what's happening specifically with the dairy industry, if there's any earth-shattering changes that come along with that as far as milk marketing. But as we gear up closer to fall, then we'll reconvene with our cropping reports and try to anticipate uh, when corn silage harvest will take place here in the county and touch upon any relevant matters there as far as pest issues or quality or uh, impending harvest issues for our local producers. To the iPharmonida podcast. This info on the go program effort is an effort of Oneida County Cooperative Extension, offering innovative educational programming geared towards our local farming community. 
Good afternoon, this is Mary Lynn Collins, Dairy and Livestock Educator with Cornell Cooperative Extension of Oneida County and facilitator on today's podcast. In this podcast episode, we're switching gears and moving away from topics targeted to our local producers' concerns to highlight an interest of our local consumers. The much-anticipated kickoff and startup to the Utica Public Market's summer season. My guest today is Beth Irons, Market Manager at the United County Public Market. Beth, thanks so much for making time to join me today. Absolutely, glad to be here. Always happy to talk about the public market. Wonderful, thanks so much. So, as you know, Beth, we've all experienced a fair amount of changes and inconveniences over the past eight weeks as we've dealt with this COVID-19 pandemic. You've agreed to um, give us a rundown of the need-to-know basics on how the public market will now be operating as we hopefully soon uh, begin to emerge from these pandemic pandemic constraints. Um, can you shed some light on what you have in store for how the market will be operating? Absolutely. Um, I am very excited. We are going to be getting ready to launch our 10th summer season of the United County Public Market. Um, going back outside, which is always a positive, although our inside market in the wintertime is in the beautiful historic Union Station, which never gets old. Um, but there will be some significant changes that we want to make sure the public is aware of. So we're kind of putting out our um, our media feelers, um, and, I, and I really appreciate this opportunity to speak to your audience um, through the podcast, because um, we want to make sure people are prepared to work with the changes that we've needed to put in place in order to make sure everybody's uh, safe and um, still able to do their local shopping and to, to visit and support their favorite farmer. Right. Now, with that, Beth, um, can you tell us at this point, um, when do you expect to get that green light to resume Saturday morning markets? Uh, we just recently got the green light shortly after the governor's last announcement of the um, pause, the New York on pause deadline that he set up of May 15th. So we will be, um, according to our original plan before COVID-19 visited all of our lives, um, and we'll be launching our 10th season on Saturday, May 16th. Um, we will be starting every Saturday on the 16th, right through the end of the year, right through December, um, from nine to one for the summer season, which usually we end up, it goes to about the end of October. We will be uh, located behind the train station instead of inside the train station behind the, straight, the train station um, at the REA wing, the old Railway Express Agency wing, where we people are used to finding us in the summertime. Um, there will be some significant changes though. We will have, and again, um, I have been um, doing lots of Zooming and going to a lot of meetings um, and having a lot of conversations um, so we can adapt to the CDC guidelines and the recommendations of New York State Ag and Markets, the Farmers Market Coalition at the national level, um, and the Farmers Market um, Federation of New York at the state level and kind of put all those recommendations and guidelines into place into a workable plan and modify market operations to accommodate having the vendors there and then allowing the consumers to come in and take advantage of what the vendors bring to the table. Okay, so from a consumer standpoint, um, gearing up for the 16th, what could someone expect to go and find and, and how, um, how can consumers go and be best prepared to still have an enjoyable shopping experience at the Utica right. market? Right. Can you give us some um, of those details? Yeah, the, a couple of the biggest things they're gonna notice is um, all people at the market, whether you're a, a shopper, a vendor, or a staff person, will be required to wear a mask. 
Um, so if you forget your mask in the car, you have to leave the line and go back and get it. Or um, if you forgot it at home, unfortunately, we're just for the safety of everyone involved, we're not going to be able to let you come in and mark your shop to market that day. Um, we will also have things down to um, to ensure social distancing. Um, there will be controlled entrance into the market space with a controlled exit. So one entrance point, one exit point, one way traffic through the market. Again, everything is to minimize the possibility of exposure. Um, and we will be making sure that everybody just kind of moves along. Uh, we want people to enjoy and be happy that they're able to come back and see their favorite farmer and get their favorite products. Unfortunately, at this point in time, because of the restrictions that are still in place, we're not gonna be able to let them linger for too long. Um, other than to say just a quick hello, uh, grab their purchases and move on. Um, so there'll be one-way traffic. We are asking that people send one person per household. Again, to offer, you know, to be able to afford you the opportunity with minimum um, uh, minimum exposure and maximum safety. Um, the biggest thing that people are going to notice is there's going to again, safety was the bottom line for every rule that's been put in place on a temporary basis. So for the time being until additional restrictions are lifted. Uh, our children's programming is put on hold. Our pop kids program, the busy bee program are put on hold and we will not be allowing children or pets in the market space. So we really, really want to um, support the one person per household representative coming down to the market to do the shopping. Um, there will be six foot, barrier, uh, six foot perimeters in front of each market booth that'll be marked. We're gonna go through a lot of sidewalk chalk this winter, this summer, <laughs> um, but there will be six foot perimeters in front of each market uh, booth. The vendors are being um, instructed to arrange their booths so everything that they, they're offering is at the front of their booth. You know, one line, straight line of deli style, they call it, one line tabling for everything so people can see what's there. They're also gonna be packaging their products as conveniently as possible. Um, for example, you might have a vendor that's got onions or um, potatoes left from winter storage that are going to be on for sale. Rather than have a big basket of potatoes, they're actually going to have one pound, two pound, and three pound bags of potatoes and prepackaged things so they can quickly and conveniently be put up for the consumer to grab um, once the transaction has been completed. Um, we're going to ask people they don't reach out and touch things that are on. Uh, unfortunately, window shopping is not something that, we, that we're going to be able to afford to let people do right now. Um, if they see a product that they have a question about, um, the vendor is going to be able to lift the product, you know, to make sure that they're looking up the right product, the right size of the product the consumer wants to purchase. And they'll be putting it on a designated spot, either a small table that's out in front of their display table or a, an empty space on the end of their display table that once the transaction has been completed, the consumer will be able to step forward and grab their purchases and then step back. Um, we will have hand sanitizing stations set up throughout the market. Um, people who are comfortable wearing gloves, we certainly invite them to continue to do that to make themselves feel safe. Um, our vendors, again, they're gonna be required to wear masks. They can wear gloves if they feel like it. The market will me the market will be supplying them with hand sanitizer um, some there is a feeling um, a growing feeling that in situations like this gloves tend to be, act more as a vector of anything rather than a protection from um, the, the virus and, and bacteria and stuff so we're giving them the option if they feel more comfortable with gloves I mean if you have an underlying medical condition or you've just gotten used to them and you're comfortable with them by all means go ahead and continue to use the gloves we will make hand sanitizer available for everyone. 
Um, and above all else, before you even get in the car to come to the market, if anybody, if you, if you yourself or anybody in your family is just not feeling well, please stay home. Again, starting on the 16th, the market will be every Saturday from 9 to 1 behind the train station for our summer season and right through the end of the year this year. Um, so we're just, again, use common sense. You know, the best thing we can do for each other is to pay attention to what we're doing ourselves. So, and for our SNAP consumers, um, we will have our SNAP services in place. So don't worry about that. We still have that available for you to come and, and get your tokens um, and get your um, your coupons, your incentive coupons, and use those at the market as well. Okay. That's a lot of great information there, Beth. It sounds like uh, you and others have put a great deal of effort forward in, in planning these details and procedures. Uh, in, in my opinion, it sounds like it should be very well run. I have a couple follow-up questions. Sure, uh, sure. One to reiterate about the use of masks, that every um, consumer coming into the one entrance point will be required to have a mask on. My right. question is, any plans to have masks available at that entrance point? Um, we do not have any current plans for that, no. Okay. Um, the, the, the supply and demand, um, as everybody is well aware, uh, supply has a really hard time struggling to meet demand. Um, and the masks that, the, some of the masks that our vendors are going to be wearing are actually going to be made by one of our vendors who stepped up and said, we're going to make, I'm going to make everybody a cloth mask so they can be reusable, they can take them and wash them. And it kind of mitigates or um, lessens the need to go out and purchase masks every week. So unfortunately, we, we're just not in a, in a position to be able to offer masks to anybody who comes in as a consumer. So we're depending on them to, to cover that for themselves. Okay. Just wanted to use that as a point of clarification so that listeners can sure. be reminded to come prepared and uh, bring that mask from home and wear it uh, as there will not be masks made available. Uh, second question, Beth, uh, relating to vendors, you shared with us a moment ago how you're going to space them out uh, or the six feet, you know, uh, deli style line. With these precautions in place, is it going to affect the number of vendors that are able to participate? I mean, oh, I'm really glad you asked that question. Okay. Um, that is something that I failed to mention earlier. Um, again, we're going back to things uh, that were put in place weeks ago when this whole thing first started. Um, we only have what are considered the essential businesses with us to start the season. So only our food vendors will be with us. Our, our non-food vendors and our ready-to-eat food vendors will not be there on the 16th. We will welcome them back to the fold of, of the United County Public Market as the, the uh, restrictions are lifted uh, locally by the county executive and at the state level by the governor. Um, we'll start, we are starting with the market with about 25 vendors, uh, but they will be the ones who have the fresh produce, the fresh meats, um, honey, maple syrup, um, all the food products that you that you come to the market to buy for your family every week. Um, the other vendors will be um, put, put back into the fold um, as we can add them to the collection um, going forward as the restrictions are lifted. Okay, that sounds encouraging. We have a very healthy array. You can almost go to a different farmer's market every day of the week in Oneida County, which is a, which is truly a blessing. Um, and the best way to find where the markets are, when they are, and how to go about getting in touch with them or getting there is to go to uh, Cooperative Extension's website, cceonida.com, and then under the Agricultural Economic Development page, there is actually an interactive map that's updated every year. I happen to know it was just updated a few weeks ago for 2020 
about all the farmers markets that are active in Oneida County for the whole summer season. You can click on it and it opens up and tells you what day of the week it meets, the hours of the day, the address where the market happens. Because again, sometimes these things, the markets are in parking lots or public parks or um, designated public buildings within the community. Um, these are all very community-based operations and it's important to find out when and where they are. Like I said, Oneida County is very rich in agriculture and um, opportunities to get good food to put on your table for your family every week. So that's the best place to go. That's the most comprehensive and accurate resource for um, all the farmers markets that operate in and around Oneida County. Okay, great tip, Beth, thank you. And specifically in regards to the Oneida County public market, if uh, consumers and or vendors need to reach out uh, to that organiza organization specifically, you are on Facebook, correct? And, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Um, the market's also on Instagram and LinkedIn. And our website is www.oneidacountymarket.com where you can email us at info at oneidacountymarket.com. Right this time of year, the way everybody's kind of all over the place, and I've in several different places, we're just ramping things up to start the market um, a week from Saturday. Um, email's probably the best because I can check that from pretty much anywhere I am. Um, I can't always grab the phone if I take a phone call. Um, and good general information. Facebook messaging or email is the best, best way to get a hold of me at this point. But yeah, and we will be launching a campaign again to reiterate all the points that we've been talking about here um, on the changes that people can see at the market when they come to see us uh, this summer. And I truly hope that they do come to see um, the, the vendors have missed you. Um, and I know you have missed the vendors and uh, we can't wait to see you again and can't wait till we can get back to whatever the new normal is going to look like so we can we can welcome you back to the public market properly. Very good. Well, thank you, Beth, for joining me today. I do wish you the best of luck on your kickoff on the 16th. Thank let's, you so much. Let's pray for sunshine and dry skies yeah. and a, a great start to the farmer's market season. And thank you once again for sharing your time and your information today. And we look forward to seeing you downtown at the market. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.